You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Monday, December 20th, 2021. And although it isn't Victory Monday, it is still hashtag Locked On Murph Monday right here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. And Locked On listeners, thank you all so much for making Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is free and available on all platforms. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure that you're staying locked into Locked On Patriots. My name is Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, that phrase, your team every day, means that your questions, your comments, your feedback are always welcomed, very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there doing some Monday meddling through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Patriots fans, your beloved New England Patriots entered week 15 of the 2021 season having won seven straight games. Not too bad of a streak for a team that started the season two and four, and most were gleefully writing their epitaph. But Patriots used an old familiar formula to return to prominence. Smart complimentary football on both sides of the ball, taking care of the football, and of course, exemplary coaching. That led them to the top spot in the AFC East, and entering Saturday night's game, just one notch in the win column below the conference-leading Kansas City Chiefs. All signs look to be pointing toward a postseason surge in the waning days of the regular season for the Patriots. And while the Pats still find themselves in a pretty good spot to qualify for the playoffs, that momentum that had been building and building over the last few weeks may have taken just a little bit of a hit. Patriots are a team that is usually fundamentally sound, but on this night in Indianapolis miscues, penalties, and just too many uncharacteristic mistakes. New England was unable to overcome an early 20 to nothing deficit at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts. Quarterback Mac Jones completing 26 of 45 passes, throwing for 299 yards, two touchdowns, the two ugly interceptions along with it. MVP candidate Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts, rushing for 170 yards, scoring a 67-yard fourth-quarter touchdown run. That was with only two minutes and one seconds left on the clock. That sealed it away for the Colts, who walk away with a 27-17 victory over the New England Patriots on Saturday night. And now that it's been more than 24 hours for us to be able to absorb the loss to the Colts, we look back at the miscues, the penalties, a couple of controversial coaching decisions, and just the night in which the Patriots did not look prepared for what was going to be one of their biggest games of the season. At 9-5, and five, the Patriots are hardly out of the playoff race, folks. As a matter of fact, they sit right now in the second seed. Because, as I said just a moment ago, the Kansas City Chiefs currently seeded first in the AFC. That's following their Thursday night victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. With the Pats' loss to the Colts, the Tennessee Titans on Sunday had a chance to grab the second spot in the conference. However... 
Titans didn't quite do that. Thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Amazing that the Patriots are thanking the Steelers right now, but they should be. 19-16 victory for Pittsburgh over Tennessee on Sunday. That dropped Tennessee to the third slot. As a result, the Patriots are holding on to the number two seed in the AFC with three games to play. Wondering how they're doing in the division? Well, the division is getting interesting, folks. The AFC East has actually become a three-team race, technically. In addition to the Patriots' loss to the Colts, the fate of the division was altered by a pair of victories by two teams that still remain on the Patriots' regular season schedule. The Buffalo Bills, who the Pats will host this Sunday for a post-Christmas matchup that might end up deciding the division. The Buffalo Bills defeated Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers 31-14 on Sunday, while the Miami Dolphins, remember them? Yeah, starting at 1-7, that one lone win in the first part of the season was against the New England Patriots, They've been surging lately, winners of six straight, and they pulled out a victory over the JETS Jets, 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 31 to 24. As a result, the teams at the top of the division, the three top teams, are now separated by just two games in the race for the division title. A wild ride here in the AFC East, and it's only going to get wilder as the Pats and the Bills get set to hook up for the second of two meetings in the regular season. And again, this one has the potential of being the deciding factor in the race for the division title. If New England wants to clinch the division title, they need to do so with a victory over the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins would have to lose to the New Orleans Saints, who incidentally beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. If Miami defeats New Orleans, the Patriots can still clinch the division. They need to beat the Buffalo Bills. That's a given, but they would also be able to do so simply by defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, January 2nd. So, as of right now, the Patriots control their own playoff fate. They beat the Bills, they beat the Jaguars, they win the division, they're in the playoffs. But easier said than done. Maybe the Jaguars might be a little vulnerable, but the Buffalo Bills are playing solid football. For the last game and a half, the Buffalo Bills have looked every bit the formidable opponent that most people thought they would be. A lot of people thought the loss to the Patriots had broken the Bills a little bit, as evidenced by the second half against Tampa Bay last week and also their game against Carolina yesterday. This team is back and they're ready to roll. Sunday's matchup is going to be a fun one. But before we move on to the Bills, we're going to continue to dissect the Patriots' 27-17 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And because it's Monday... That's right, folks. Your favorite and mine, my benefactor in this business, the legendary Thomas Murphy, joins me for his hashtag Locked On Murph Monday appearance. And you know Murph is going to have plenty to say. We're going to be talking about this game from a Patriots perspective, from a Colts perspective. We'll discuss some of those uncharacteristic miscues. And also, we'll be talking about whether or not some of the problems we saw on Saturday night might end up being potential problems for the Patriots down the line. Folks, an action-packed agenda, tons to get to on the pod today, so without further ado, join me in welcoming my good friend, the monster master of disaster, the green king of sting, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the legendary Thomas Murphy joins me here on Locked On Patriots when we return in just a moment. Locked On listeners, you listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track but you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to that latest episode and keep up with your favorite players and teams in any sport. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all of the insights. 
and the power of one of America's largest and most powerful 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you're going to gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Locked on listeners, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Patriots fans, after seven straight victory Mondays here on Locked On Patriots, Football gods got together over the weekend and decided that's just too much good fortune for your New England Patriots. The Pats still licking their wounds from a 27-17 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And here today to help break it all down and make sense of the mayhem is the man that provides the green wisdom and counsel that we all know, love, and crave each and every week. That's right, folks. He is here. He is ready to roll. Your favorite and mine my benefactor in this business, the only guest on this pod, past, present, or future with his very own branded hashtag, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself. The legendary Thomas Murphy is back for his weekly appearance here on Locked On Patriots. Thank you for coming to me in friendship today. Thank you for joining me, Don Murphy. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be here. Wouldn't be Monday without it. My, it only took a seven-game win streak to turn uh, every uh, Pats game back into their opponent's Super Bowl. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always the Super Bowl when you play the New England Patriots. And yeah. bottom line, yeah, there are a lot of people out there that were happy mm-hmm. to see the Patriots fall off the top of that wagon a little bit. But Bottom line, the New England Patriots are actually still well-positioned for a playoff spot. Might not even be in a bad spot when it comes to nearing the top spot in the conference, going after a division title. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Murph, 27-17 to um, in terms of a loss is not how the Patriots wanted to spend week 15 of the 2021 regular season. But alas, it was just miscues, penalties, problems galore for the New England Patriots. And I know we're going to get to those, including a couple of controversial decisions, things that happened throughout the game that may have contributed to that loss, but just reactions, because now we're more than 24 hours removed from the loss Uh, that day, that Sunday in the middle kind of helps us absorb it before we took to the microphone here on Lockdown Patriots. When you look at this game, what are your takeaways uh, and just what were your thoughts and reactions in general to the Patriots' performance? You know, we got into the Wayback Machine and started playing like it was week three again. Uh, it it mm-hmm. was – I was not happy, Michael. I was not happy. Um, 
the the final score is is of course not indicative of of the entire game and it's it's indicative of the first three quarters of the game where the Patriots just could not seem to get out of their own way, whether it was Isaiah Wynn tackling our own our own uh, running oh, backs yeah. or or uh false starts uh, another whiffed punt um uh block it, it, the the third of the year the the Patriots now lead the league in allowing block punts on the season with three. Um, I, I've never seen um, special teams play this bad. It, it, it almost seemed like this team was was believing its own press. They did not have a good week of workouts, and they came out flat. They got blown off the ball on both sides of the line of scrimmage to start this game. And then in the, in the you know, the middle of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, things started to click and started to work. It, it, by that time, it, it had really gotten chippy out there on the field. It, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. I can't me being this upset. I can't believe um, the ride home on an airplane with Bill Belichick because we know that he is riding home, unlike other uh, NFL head coaches, after a loss with their team. Well, uh, with all due respect, that uh, head coach who will remain nameless is no longer an NFL head coach. So I can tell you something about why certain guys survive in this business and why certain guys don't. But uh, I'll leave it to my good friend, Tony Wiggins, over at Locked On Jaguars to give you all of the negativity surrounding Urban Meyer and that fiasco. But this is Locked On Patriots. We're going to talk Patriots. But and look, bottom line, I agree with you. I mean, you know, the Patriots are very uncharacteristically. I guess the best way for me to put it is the Patriots are it's uncharacteristic for the New England Patriots to lose a game in the fashion that they lost it on Saturday, especially when it comes to the fourth quarter, uh, you know, um, uh, comeback attempt that almost was where they started to make the stops when they needed to. They started to be able to do things that they needed to. I understand the Taylor run that's for 67 yards to ice the game for Indianapolis was a huge run for him. Right. And nobody's going to deny the prowess of Jonathan Taylor. Everyone knew that if the Patriots provided him cutback lanes, which they did on that drive, he was going to be able to take it to the house. That's exactly what he did. You called it. It It was in your keys. We talked about it a little bit last week. Steve talked uh, and I talked about it on uh, on the airwaves here last week it was just it was a lot to be able to absorb and then be able to put back uh, right you know onto the uh, the table so that aside the New England Patriots started to wake up a little bit in the latter part of that game but the hole that they dug each uh, you know each other uh, on both sides of the ball was just too much for them to be able to uh, to come back from uh, and again you know penalties to me was just it was the Achilles heel of this yep. team, eight penalties, uh, Michael Wainu being whistled for, uh, you know, the, uh, the the penalty that brought fourth and two back to fourth and seven, which precipitated right. something we're going to talk about in probably just a couple of seconds. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the holding, uh, you know, for uh, the, uh, the holding call on Jacoby Myers, that brought back yeah. a 20 plus yard run for John yep. Smith, who's really been, you know, and, and John has been so, eager to to get this uh you know this thing going and that really that run was really i think a catalyst of something that could have springboarded him uh to maybe a little bit more just just a lot of uh miscues for the new england patriots right there's that that janu's janu's false start on uh second and one from the the, Mm -hmm. from the 13 um on the on way third and goal from the two 
uh, the Brandon King offsides uh, gave the Colts the second shot at that missed field goal. It was, you know, the, you mentioned the Jacoby Myers thing, but what a lot of people are talking about is the drops that happened in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Myers drop at the end of the first half was killer. Mac put the ball perfectly into a yeah. window. Uh, honestly, few quarterbacks could do. Okay, mm-hmm. you can go back and you can watch that a, a dozen times, and there are a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that were able to do that, and and Myers just couldn't couldn't haul it in, couldn't get it done, and the next play was the block punt. Yeah, absolutely, and you're absolutely right. You know, drops at key times are definitely issues. Um, you know, Mac for all the flack that he's catching for the performance that he put out, two ugly interceptions. You can't deny yeah. that they were bad throws, bad decisions. But you know, he finished the night twenty six. Yeah, exactly. And it could have been three. Thank you. Tonight going 26 of 45 for 299 yards, especially when you look at the stat lines that he's put up over the course of the last you know, few weeks, the three pass attempts uh, you know, aside when it comes to uh, two weeks ago against Buffalo. Right. You, know, you look at that and you'll probably say, well, Mac played probably about as average as you could imagine that he would. But all that being said, the Patriots still were within striking distance to make this one happen. And A lot of people, Murph, are pointing toward Bill Belichick's call to kick a 25-yard field goal. Nick Folk, always reliable, always money. You know that's a guaranteed three points. You're in a a dome. It's a surefire way to be Mm -hmm. able to put points on the board. Bill's looking at the clock. He's playing the clock strategy. He's saying there's going to be enough time to be able to make these moves. He explained that this morning. Some people are buying it. Some people aren't. Where are you on this? Did Bill Belichick make the right call by kicking the field goal on fourth and seven, knowing what we now know about the clock, his decision making, and the fact that Nick Folk is pretty good at getting these points on the board? Yeah, he 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 made the absolute right call. I made the right call, uh, bef- you know, before Bill said take the points. There was nine minutes left on the on in in the game when he made that call, and the Patriots' defense was clicking on all cylinders. They had made stop after stop in the in the fourth quarter. They owned the ball. They had the momentum. Um, it was definitely the right call to have. Um, I, I believe that uh, if the defense had made a stop there, they would have been able to go back down and score a touchdown. It just didn't work out that way. Uh, the uh, the Colts were able to run too much time off the clock. Yeah, absolutely. And Bill exactly said essentially what you just said uh, this morning when he met with the media. He thought there was enough time, thought they'd have enough possessions to score 10 points. And look, for everyone that is acting shocked and bewildered or feigning to act shocked and bewildered, I think is a better way to put it. There you go. This is Bill Belichick's style. This is exactly what he does. It's not so much that he doesn't have any faith in Mac Jones. Yeah. Is there something to be said about the fact that Mac is still a developing rookie? Absolutely. You know, he has Tom Brady under center. Maybe he's not as hesitant to, you know, to to go for it and not kick the field goal. But at the same time, Bill is going to make this call more often than he's not going to make it. And I think that maybe is what is not being pushed properly as a narrative here or is being ignored because it's some sort of narrative that no one wants to lend credence to you know a lot of people they're going to take the light in pushing that narrative that oh this clearly shows that he has no trust in uh, in his quarterback but when you look at what bill belichick does he takes these actions more often than not because he has a lot of confidence like you said in the defense's ability to make key stops and create additional possessions 
Unfortunately, it just didn't work out at this point. But just because it didn't work out doesn't mean it was the poor decision. And I think that's something that people need to uh, to remember. He put the faith and his he put his faith in the ability of the defense to create those additional positions. And unfortunately, it didn't work out this time around. But it almost worked. The strategy really almost worked. The Patriots got down, yep. made the other score, made it 20 to 17. Taylor's run back obviously crushed any hope. But if the Patriots force a punt in that situation where they force a three and out and they're able to get uh, Indy pinned back and all of a sudden you're playing good field position, Nick Folk making a 50 yarder at the end of the game. Bill brought this up right. too. is not necessarily an insurmountable hole. So for everyone who's lambasting Bill Belichick for this call, I understand it's not aesthetically pleasing. I understand it's not the strike first, strike hard, no mercy, right. you know, stuff that the fans want to see, but there is logic behind it. And I don't care what the analytics say. And you know who else doesn't care what the analytics say? Bill Belichick. He's going to trust his gut. That go. gut has gotten him six Super Bowl championships as head coach of the New England Patriots, eight overall. So, you know, I'm going to trust that gut. I think that's a pretty I, good place right. to be. I just want to I, I want to point out one thing. The, the teams that go for it the most on fourth down in the NFL right now are the Lions, the Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, the teams that go for it the least on fourth down are the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Bucks. Okay, go do the math, people. Yeah. See, see, and at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is wins and losses. There's one outlier on each side of this of this equation, and uh, it's Seattle who's having a down year again, and um, and on the other end, it's the um, probably the, the Chargers. Um, who are having a better than decent year, and it, but it's it comes down to wins and losses, and go see where those those teams all sit in their conference and uh, and divisions. Yeah, absolutely, so well said, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And look, for all of the difficulties that Seattle is having. You got to give Pete Carroll his credit. He's been to the puppet right. show. He's seen the strings. This guy's been around a long time. If there's anyone that's a aggressive type personality, a type A personality that you would think would go for it <laughs> right. all the time. It would be Pete running all around and getting excited and, and being the you know, house of fire. But even Pete understands the reason for temperance uh, in a situation that's like it. that. I so. have I have no issue. I have no issue with mm -hmm. the team that's sitting on their opponent's 40-yard line or 30-yard line even and going for it on fourth down and three or fourth down and one. Okay. It, it, it's when you give up points, when you give up sure points. Uh, it, it has burned team after team after team over the years, and you, you really have to step back from the math because this game is not played in a vacuum. Absolutely. It is not played in a vacuum and uh, definitely something to remember. And Murph, in a lot of ways, we brought up the penalties and the miscues earlier. We talked a little bit about that. I want to flush that out in just a little bit. But before we take a little bit of a break here on Locked on Patriots, I just wanted to get your take. You had mentioned about the blocked punt and the Patriots now lead the NFL with three blocked Jake Bailey punts. Uh, that's unfathomable to me. I just can't yeah. wrap my mind around that when a team that is as dedicated to special teams excellence and special teams acumen and they're not able to get that done um it's just so uncharacteristic of what you usually see in new england maybe the most uncharacteristic thing that we saw from the patriots all weekend long uh was that blocked punt that's the one that still bothers me um just take us through what your thoughts were on that and where 
the breakdown seems to be happening. Is it blocking? Because Bill Belichick blamed the blocking. Matthew Slater says we need to do everything better on special teams. Is this a matter of blocking? Is this a Jake Bailey issue? What's your take on the block? On yeah, it, why it, the it, Patriot? Why it's happening? It, it's not a Jake Bailey issue. He's not holding a ball too long. He's not. He's not doing anything um, inappropriate back there, or you know, hesitating. Uh, it, it is is definitely an upfront issue. It is definitely it was an issue with Jakob Johnson the other night. Uh, it, it you know for the second time I believe, and um, you, you've got to pay. He he was just frozen and got run by run past. You know, the, nobody touched Junior. Nobody touched him at all, and he was right there. And it was the game changer. It was a game changer. Um, the, the Patriots would have had them had. Uh, the Colts pinned back. Instead, it turned into seven points. Yeah, and seven costly points. When you put your team in any type of a deficit and any type of a hole, especially after the quote-unquote Patriots special with Naheim Himes. Oh, no, come on. But, yeah, I know. Hang a banner. One, but, yeah, well, they probably will. You, you, they probably you know, will. There'll be, a, there'll be a statue out front of Lucas. But uh, anyway, <laughs> getting back to what we were saying. Can you tell Murph and I are a little bitter today? Um, yeah. No, all kidding aside, folks. Look, bottom line, I agree with you on Jake Bailey. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've looked at this from every possible angle. And admittedly, I'm not an expert on, you know, punter mechanics or anything like that. But everything that I've seen looks to be clean on his end. It did not look like this was yeah. a... A, a Jake Bailey problem. Uh, I know Jakob Johnson, there was a little bit of a breakdown there in terms of, uh, of coverage. Uh, Jelani Tavai was also in on the coverage or not in on the coverage, depend on, depending on your, uh, your point of view. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I was, I thought it was Tavai's uh, problem at the be at, at first, but Steve straightened me out. And uh, mm-hmm. he said that it was, it was Jakob Johnson <laughs> that, that yeah. missed the block. I thought, I thought, I thought it was Jahani. Uh, but and and that would have been the second time that that he had he had uh, let this happen during the year. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna defer to Steve. It's not many people I defer to on this planet, but he's one of them. Well, if you're gonna defer to a football mind, Steve Balistrieri is one of the better ones yeah. in this realm to defer to. Uh, few, if any. Uh, have the knowledge that he possesses so if you're willing to do that I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that as well and I happen to agree with him from what I've seen as well but uh, Steve's mind is a little bit more of a brilliant football mind than mine and uh, I'll, uh, I'll and take certainly mine <laughs> I don't know about that you got the branded hashtag for a reason that wisdom in council and those monster keys are oh, always always keys to victory and folks the keys weren't turned on Saturday. This is why we're not celebrating our eighth straight Victory Monday. But fear not, folks, because Murph and I are not quite done yet. In just a moment here on Locked On Patriots, we're going to talk about some of the penalties and the miscues that we just went over. In terms of the New England Patriots, was this just a bad day for the Pats on Saturday? Or are these potential problems that could come back to bite them, especially with three games left on the 2021 NFL schedule as they head toward the playoffs? More Pat's Colts talk when this hashtag Locked On Murph Monday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. Sounds so good, doesn't it? It is that good. But amazingly low in calorie, which is true. It's even better than you think. Sugar, net carbs, fat, 
all very low when it comes to this delicious treat and very high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors to choose from. You're going to have a hard time choosing. You could either choose from raspberry or mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, my personal favorite, but so many. Definitely check out the website, Built.com. You will go crazy over the flavors that they offer. But Built Bar also offers that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all of those holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Don't delay. Do it today. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next purchase. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Locked on listeners, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots fans, the legendary Thomas Murphy is back for his weekly appearance here on Locked On Patriots. Hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. Not a victory Monday, folks. Sorry, we tried. We did everything we could. We tried. We went to the Don, but unfortunately, it was not to be. The Patriots dropping to 9-5 and five on the 2021 NFL season, 27-17 loss to the Colts on Saturday night in Indianapolis. And Murph, we talked a little bit about in the previous segment the Patriots' difficulties holding on to the football, uh, mental mistakes, blocking assignments, getting broken down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriots just unfortunately ran into a lot of self-inflicted issues on right. Saturday night. And I'm not lessening the Indianapolis Colts' effort. I thought they had a solid game plan. You've got to give them a little bit of credit for coming in and doing what they said they were going to do, which is shut down Ramondre Stevenson, stop Brandon Bolden from being able to run, shut down the running game, force Mac Jones to be able to beat them. For two and a half quarters, it worked pretty well. And then Max started to wake up a little bit, and that got a little bit dicey toward the end. But ultimately, you've got to give them credit. They were able to do it for a little bit and take the Patriots out of their game. But these penalties, these miscues, these difficulties that the Patriots had, Murph, were just they inexplicably put the Patriots in an unwinnable position. And to me, that was the reason why this team was not able to come out on top. When you look at the difficulties that they had, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, so I'm going to ask you to flush this out a little bit more. You said that the Patriots are starting to believe their own hype, had a four-week of practice, came in unprepared, and essentially got it handed to them because of that nature. But my question to you is, this late in the season, those types of mental breakdowns can be a concern, especially when there's not much time to rebound. 
Are you worried that these problems could potentially come back to haunt the Patriots? Or do you think a solid week of practice and riding the ship against the Buffalo Bills this weekend is everything they need to keep pushing forward and still be one of the top teams in the conference? I think a, a solid week of practice and a and a um and just just pass on on the giant cup of stupid uh is is going to help the Patriots immensely going into this into this game with uh with Buffalo which which is still a hat and t-shirt game folks uh the the Patriots committed eight penalties for 50 yards on Sunday seven of the eight were offensive penalties the other one was uh was on special teams um, the, the, the defense played solid. They, uh, they went with their game plan and it worked. It did. It worked until that 67 yard run at the end where the two people that you would expect never to whiff on anybody did whiff on a tackle and, uh, and they, they probably would have gotten the ball back and, and been able to, you know, put up some more points. But this was, this was the most penalized game the Patriots have had since Tampa in week four. You can't. They, there have been a couple of games where there have been more uh, penalty yards given because there were uh, penalties on the defense, um, and and the Patriots were able able to overcome them because they were playing the Jets. But uh, other than that, no. It, it, these are things that can be cleaned up as as long as they don't get too tight and start worrying about these things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that we will get back down to, you know, week 12 with, with four penalties against Tennessee or four penalties against, uh, the chargers. These are the games that the Patriots are looking their best is when they're playing smart, tight football and, um, or a smart, loose football, I should say, and not being tight on the offensive line. Yeah, without any question. Good point. And see, that's my take on this as well. And that's exactly how I chose to view it is that this was more of a hiccup than a potential outing of the Patriots being a pretender rather than a contender. I still believe this team is solidly in contention. Uh, Maybe not the favorite for the top spot in the conference any longer, but they'll be in the hunt for it. And I do think that there's still right now in the driver's seat when it comes to the division and we'll get to the division in just a second but you look at this game and I think three of the egregious type penalties that we've talked about are things that can be shored up we talked about a way news penalty on third and goal from the right. two yard line that sets them back that could have changed the complexity of the game oh. if Matt goes for third and two and doesn't complete it if you're on fourth and two all of a sudden that looks so much more appealing to go for it Maybe Bill Belichick goes for it in that case, right. and the Patriots punch in seven. All of a sudden, they come back yeah, down, right. punch in another seven. Before that penalty, Ramondre was going to run straight up the gut and, and get absolutely. to at least the one-yard line. That yeah, That's absolutely. the play that was called. If you go yeah. back and you look at it, and that was it, and they weren't going to stop him, he probably would have scored, but he at least would have gotten to the two or the one, and we yeah. would have been talking about something completely different. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just oh, – No, God. it does. I'm, I'm, it I'm changes, ranting. I'm ranting. No, you're not ranting because it changes the narrative. That's exactly the point that I'm getting at. We talked about Myers' penalty and the holding mm-hmm. penalty. That erases the 20-yard run by Jean Which was Smith. garbage, that would, by yeah. the way. That, exactly. that was a garbage penalty. It was a garbage call. It had nothing to do with the play whatsoever. But this this crew is is so flag-happy. It's unreal. Um, you would, you will see that call made maybe three times in an entire season of the league. 
and they decided to throw laundry on that. I was pissed. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were, and, and I was one of them as well. Uh, you know, the officiating, uh, you know, Bill Belichick has said several times this week over the course of his postgame remarks, whether it be Saturday night or technically early Sunday morning. And then mm -hmm. again uh, this morning, um, ask the officials is something or ask the refs is something that Bill Belichick has repeatedly said, trying to bite his tongue, because I think if he said any more than that, uh, probably could have been a situation where he might be looking at getting fined. And honestly, right. I wouldn't be able to blame him on this one. No. Uh, but no, I, I agree. Those types of uh, you mentioned Brandon King's, uh, you know, whistle for the offside. That would have been right. a missed 46 yard field goal. All of a sudden, Michael Badgley gets new life. He punches it in from uh, from uh, 41. So all of these penalties just continuously and ultimately fatally derailed New England's comeback attempts. And when you play undisciplined football, it's very hard for you to be able to get it back and get the victory. And that explains why the Patriots Especially like against a team like the Colts that, that are not penalized at all. Right. You know, the, this team is plays a very disciplined. It was chippy the other night, folks. But but generally the Colts do not get uh get flagged an awful lot. All right. Yeah, they do. They do play a very disciplined game, and you got to give credit to the coaching staff and credit to the players as well uh, for being yeah. able to keep themselves in check. And normally the Patriots are right there in that mix, but just an anomaly on Saturday night. And uh, one of the problems that they had, and unfortunately one of the reasons why yeah. uh, they found themselves on the losing end of that. It was after. a perfect storm between yeah, the penalties, really the drops, the injuries that happened, and the right. ejection of Duggar. It was just a perfect storm. And they were yeah. still able to stay in it or climb back into it in the fourth quarter and maybe could have won it with, with one more break. Yeah, absolutely. They could have. And I think that they had the chance. And that, to me, is why they'll look to build on that this week. And that lends me quite nicely into my final question for you today, buddy. And that is the Patriots right now at 9-5 and five still hold a one-game lead over the Buffalo Bills. They were victorious on Sunday over Cam Newton, Ugh. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't to be. Thought maybe a couple of old friends could have helped us out, gotten a little bit of an upset win. That didn't happen. Uh, the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden find themselves back in the mix, winners of six hey. straight. Uh, and and they're you know back in. Everybody for, Can't count you know, on for the Jets for a damn thing, can you? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. <laughs> no. When you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way, and that's exactly yep. what happened. So, Unfortunately, the Patriots, two of their final three games are against these teams that are playing very good football. And the Bills, it's surprising because you thought maybe that loss that they suffered a couple of weeks ago to the Patriots demoralized them a little bit. It looks like it invigorated them, especially from the second half of that Buccaneers game and then yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. Murph, I'm not going to put you on the hot seat, ask you for any type of in-depth analysis, but as you look toward these final three games of the season, what do you need to see from the Patriots to convince you that heading into the playoffs, this team is going to be a very tough out? Well, first, we're going to uh, need some health. Uh, we need to get our, our number one running back back in the fold. We saw on Sunday that things just aren't as easy for our man Ramondre without mm -hmm. Damian Harris and they're uh you know knocking some guys around and and tiring some guys out and beating them up. Uh, he's a huge part of this run game and hopefully he comes back. I think they they were probably on the fence as to whether or not he was going to play this week but last week but they thought, you know, better off to be safe than sorry. They were they were pretty sure that they could have won that game. They ended up being wrong. Um but that that's what I mean. Things are also going to have to, as I said, the um, the offensive line is going to have to get back on the same page. It, it seemed like they were 
all a little off. There was some miscommunications. Those things happen. You can't let that happen this week. And and lastly, uh, keep it more balanced uh, this week. I think that, uh, you know, the trip up to Orchard Park was what it was. And the Patriots were lucky enough to be able to come out of there with a win. And, um, and yeah, you know, off of three passes, what are you going to do? That, that, that's the way the game played out this week. They're going to have to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, especially if, if they are going, I think that bill will come out the same way that, uh, they, they came out in Orchard Park, try to get them to load up the box and then turn around and let, uh, let McDaniel's uh, McCorkle uh, cook a little bit, and I think he's going to have he's going to have a really good bounce back game right from the get go. But no, it's going to have to be a balanced attack. It's going to have to be a penalty free day, and this team is going to have to uh, get a little hungry. Skip breakfast, mm. people. Skip <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Make them hungry. Make them uh, you yep. know leave the table full, but uh, make sure that they're good and hungry when they get there. And I completely agree with you on that, folks. The wisdom, the counsel that is lent like no other here to Locked On Patriots can only belong to one man, and that is my good friend on the other end of the microphone right now, the legendary Thomas Murphy. You should already be following this man on Twitter, but for the benefit of our new listeners that might not be, please follow my good friend, that Count of Murphy Fisto himself, on Twitter at tmurf207. The content that this man puts out on a daily basis for e2gsports.com is always point, click, learn material, whether it be the phenomenal content he puts out on the New England Patriots, including the Monster Keys, which I say every week, folks, you turn the keys, you go to the top. You don't turn the keys, you're never heard from again. Patriots didn't turn the keys on Saturday night, and that's one of the big reasons why they were not successful. But when you turn the keys, it leads to a seven-game win streak. And for seven weeks, Murph, they caught on to the scheme. They caught they on. Did. They knew what they needed to do. I don't know what happened on uh, on, on Saturday in Indianapolis, but uh, we'll get to the bottom of it one way or another. But bottom line, please never miss the E2GSports.com material. Murph is putting out some phenomenal content if you're a Boston Red Sox fan. Some of the best baseball coverage you'll find anywhere and i truly mean that great great stuff no matter when he puts pen to paper it's always a happening and of course never miss an episode of one patriots place with murph our great mutual friend steve balistrieri and our wednesday resident here now on locked on patriots the new lady of locked on miss claire classy <laughs> claire cooper but what can i say thank you once again my good man honored and humbled as always by your presence uh, but it is always great to be here. Always fantastic to kick off the week. Um, I'm sure you're going to have a blast with Steve. And of course, Claire, Claire's always fun. You can break down the tight ended stuff with her on Wednesday. <laughs> and until next week, man, I'll, I'll just be biding my time and I'm sitting over here. I got the, uh, I got the, the, the file out. I'm going to have these keys ready and hopefully this weekend they listen. Absolutely. And what better Christmas gift can you provide to Patriots Nation than the monster <laughs> keys to victory? That is always the case, folks. No matter what you're unwrapping on Christmas morning, unwrap those keys, take them out, turn them, take them for a spin because you'll be a better football fan and just a better person in general for reading Merce Monster Keys. Until next week, my friend, stay safe, stay well. A very Merry Christmas to you and yours. And thank you so much for joining me here today on Locked On Patriots. Buffalo nuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> I don't have a comeback for that. It's not a clean one. It's not a clean comeback for that. We all know what Buffalo fans love to throw on the field, and I'm just going to leave it at that. 
Have a great uh, one, folks. Thank you so much. Just like that, Patriots fans, one down, but still a ton of Pats coverage to come here on this week heading into the holiday. So to be sure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you're staying locked into Locked On Patriots. And once again, thank you for making Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Thomas Murphy for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.